0: So, Omalo and Evie here. We're doing the Tahi this Monday, 24th of April,
1: 2023. It's the 25th of April, and it's Tuesday.
0: It's Tuesday, it's Tuesday. 25th. And we're definitely not recording this the day before, so we can, to revel in the public holiday. That is... Anzac Day, a day that you definitely don't say Happy Anzac Day before. Yeah, a bit of a strange one. You are commemorating Anzac Day. How about that?
1: Yeah, not celebrating, you're commemorating.
0: Exactly. Uh, Coming up on the show today, uh, we have everything from AI-generated music causing a lot of issues within the music industry. Uh, Evie has an incredible interview with Charlie from uh, In Depth, correct?
1: Yeah, In Depth. She's done a big story on endometriosis called The Deadline, so I caught up with her about that
0: uh and all of that and more is coming up later on in the show but right now we are talking anzac day anzac day is a very important day i think um actually this conversation came up like outside of work the other day like one of my friends who's not from new zealand was like what is anzac day and i was like well anzac day is like it commemorates the anzacs but i feel like it's also used as just like a veterans day
1: it's also uh a big day for me uh happy birthday to hillary yay who's hillary oh hillary's my mom Happy birthday, Mom.
0: Why don't you just say happy birthday to my mom? And people I, be like, Happy birthday to Evie's mom.
1: I kind of figured that like no one knew who she was, so I used her name, but now that you've pointed it out in hindsight, that yeah, may have been kind of weird. Yeah, happy it's... birthday to my mum. Happy, <laughs> happy birthday to Evie's Mom.
0: Manuelo Asofano. Happy birthday. Hilary. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I it's like a is I, I know it's not like common for like like um barangis and things like that, but like for Basfica calling your parents by their first name is considered more respectful and i didn't have growing up in my household we like if i called my dad tyler he'd probably think i was disowning him somehow he'd be annoyed he'd be like really upset about that but like i, I had a, like one of my tongan boys he like when i remember going around to his house and he was like oh this is my dad." uh he you know he, he was just like this is siali and i remember going I'm gonna assume that's your dad, or it's just some dude named Siale, But like, I don't know why you don't call him dad. And he goes, I don't know. We always just call him Celi from. And I was like, I feel like it just felt rude to me. But like, I like for them and a lot of other Bosnica, calling your parents by their first name is like way more respectful. It's almost disrespectful to call them mom or dad.
1: It's, I like, feel it's like it's, it's, it's different. funny with the name Tyler, though, because if you switch from dad to Tyler, it is an aggressive It's jarring.
0: Word. Like, it's, yeah. wait,
1: Tyler, it's like, so, ooh, ooh, Yeah,
0: yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I, I just couldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. But I get why people do it, because, like, I don't know, some people, like, in a lot of people's households, is like, you just were raised calling your parents by their first name. Liam, did you do that growing up? Was that, like, is that also, like, a Maori thing, or...? Liam said uh, not in their family, it's, it's not common, but I, I, yeah, I know it's like real common for Pasifika. Mm. I know that growing up it was like a lot more common than I thought it was. It could it be me.
1: In my experience, people calling their parents by their first name is usually like angry Pākehā teenage boys, mad at their mum, and so they're going to start trialling, like calling her by her first name as like some weird like form of disrespect, and she hates it, hates it so much.
0: Would you be comfortable with your children calling you by, the, by your first name?
1: Um, I have. I actually have no idea. I, I feel like I need to
0: test it and try it. Eh? Yeah,
1: I would quite. I oh god, I don't know.
0: We used to call my auntie Vicky back in American Samuel She always wanted to be called ma'am.
1: Ma'am, so yes, it was ma'am. like,
0: Yes ma'am. No ma'am. Three bags full, ma'am. Like mm. we, I never really called her auntie. It was never like, oh hey auntie. It was like, oh sorry ma'am. And I, she's very firm on that.
1: I don't want to be called ma'am. If someone calls me ma'am, I'm like, I got called ma'am on a plane, and I was like, who are you calling ma'am? Is it I'm a it's... young, sprightly woman. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's the age thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ma'am. I just, yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. There's like terms that are respectful to some, but disrespectful to others. But you should 100%, kids, go home and call your parents by their first name and just yeah. see how it goes. Just see how <laughs> that goes down. Like, I'd love to let us know how that <laughs> How they're digesting your household. I'd love to see that. Uh, earlier, we mentioned the AI music debacle. And Evie?
1: Uh, yes, in tech news, because I'm a tech bro. Um, back in the day, music companies' biggest enemy was pirates. RIP, LimeWire, shout outs. Uh, but their new biggest adversary is AI music.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know if anyone's seen the clip that went viral the other day of uh, Drake in the Weekend over what was supposed to be a Metro Boomin' beat.
1: Oh, my God, I did see that.
0: And that was AI-generated. So that's not Drake. That's not The Weeknd. That's not even Metro Boomin', I don't think. Um, Some person called The Ghost Rider, uh, was the user on TikTok, basically punched in and created the song using AI, um, which sampled Drake and The Weeknd's vocals to be able to make them sound like they're saying certain things, which is, one... Creepy, Mm. um, but two, probably the best Drake record in the last couple of years, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, It's a weird new thing for a lot of these major labels like Universal Music Group, uh, which came out uh, against this AI music Mm. because this person, not only did they create this AI record, they actually uploaded it to Spotify and streaming services and probably made some money off of it. Admittedly, not a lot, but probably made something, which is a problem, right? Like profiting off of your likeness, Mm. essentially. It's a weird gray area. I don't know how it's going to be bad moving forward, but I feel like it's going to be bad. Universal basically reached out to a lot of streaming services and made some public statements saying like, hey we need to deal with this now. Which, yeah, you want to deal with, you want to nip this in the butt? because I feel like this could be a big issue down the line.
1: Honestly, it is going to be a big issue down the line because people were also using those copyrighted songs to teach the AI how to make music.
0: Really? Because yeah. oh, you have to teach AI things. So hey, that yeah. was
1: part of their, they sent like some, I don't understand the law, cease and desist or like angry letters about that as well. But plot twist hilarious plot twist there's an ai girl group in korea it's actually multiple and they're doing really well and people are really stoked about it
0: they're happy about
1: it like they're doing pretty good so there's like a few different instances but one of them is Maeve, who are like this new k-pop girl group fully ai they live in the metaverse they're kind of acting like there's no human involvement in like the dancing the choreo the outfits they even perform live and their song pandora which is actually kind of a banger and it's been in my head all morning because I've been thinking about this. It's got, like, 20 million views on YouTube. And people are stoked. People are like, yay, I like this. I mean, it's a bit freaky, but, like, overall, the response has been really positive. And then there's Asper, who are another K-pop girl group that have four human members and four AI members who live in a different digital plane called Kwangya, which is also, like, the metaverse, Honestly, it all gets very confusing. But it's if anyone hears this and wants a big deep dive, let me know because I'll do it.
0: It's um weird. <laughs> it I, is like, weird. I, I and like, but I do like the idea of like an AI band because like, do you going to have divas on the AI band? Like some of the band members like turn up late
2: because yes, they so like funny. Ev-
0: eventually robots are going to develop the same issues we have, and that is free thought. Mm. And who's to say they become terminators? Maybe. Maybe they just become divas and they're like, I don't really feel like doing my job today. Maybe they're just rude. Like, we have AI
1: workers, but they're just, like, really rude about it.
0: Yeah, maybe they too seek workers' rights, you know what I mean? Like, they also...
1: (laughs) I mean, we're getting into (laughs) iRobot territory, and let me tell you right now, (laughs) terrified of that, like, once robots start dreaming, once the AI start dreaming and Will Smith gets involved, it's over, girl, it's over.
0: Do you think robots dream, uh, do you think AI dreams of robot sheep? Was yes. it robot, electric sheep? Yeah. Electric think, sheep, yeah. I think that they do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I like to think that they do. Deep
0: cup reference, I appreciate it, you got that. Mm. Speaking of tech, one of my favourite things, bad app ideas. Mm. Gotta love a bad app. Do you remember when um, smartphones first came out and they had those ones where it was like a beer glass? And when yes. you tipped it to drink it and like the beer would...
1: And everyone thought that was like
0: the coolest huge. thing ever. And
1: Temple Run.
0: Yeah. Temple Run felt like
1: a really futuristic game at the time. It was like my iPod Touch and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm running into the temples." Yeah.
0: Yeah, technology apps, they've come a long way, and I have an idea for It's less of a new app, but more of just like an add-on to an app. And that is replays. You know like that's a big thing right now, especially with streaming apps. Is getting your recap, your replay for the year. What did you listen to? How long did you listen to for?
1: Oh, I love Spotify raps. It's like Christmas for me. Oh, I love it every year. So embarrassing, but so amazing.
0: As an Apple Music user, uh, I'm always envious of the Spotify recap because the Spotify one's really cool. They did the Coachella lineup thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But how are you, It's whatever?
1: like one day a year where you're like, oh.
0: I wish I had. Some.
1: I should switch back. <laughs> I should switch over. Yeah. Um,
0: but this one is an idea I had not for uh, music streaming services but for food delivery apps. <laughs> so I had the idea, right? Like at the end of the year you get on the food delivery app and then it's like here's your... Gear and recap, and then it will be like, hey, over the year you consumed. 30,000 calories. And, and spent
1: like, $35 million. Yeah,
0: like, uh, the, your favourite meal after 2am was this burger. Like... Oh.
1: <laughs> that's like, that's something that would be inherently negative the moment that you looked at it, but maybe would help me make some changes in my life. I, I
0: The reason they're probably not going to do it is because you, everyone would probably look at it and go, I need to stop using yeah, yeah, this. Like never over like, this app
1: ever again. Spent
0: five grand this year on delivery food? And like... I'd love to know like how many times I ordered a single item.
1: Oh my god! Just like
0: you ordered a single can of energy drink. Oh, <laughs> I like... think
1: ordering like a can of V at like three in the morning. Yeah.
0: Or um, the like I know people that will like order an ice cream, and the service charge and the delivery is like seven dollars, and the ice cream's like. 50 cents to a dollar those are my favorite people i almost admire your irresponsibility with your finances
1: ordering stuff from the gas station is my favorite delivery app like moment in the world like oh i'm really snackish what i want i want a bunch of candy from the gas station mm. and i'm willing to pay 45 dollars to have it brought to me in like miss an hour mm. come on
0: how many hours a year have you spent waiting for food to be delivered These are stats I would really be interested to know.
1: I don't want to know these stats about me. I don't want to know at all. I do have my own really terrible app idea, though. Mm -hmm. This has been in the works for some time, actually. Um, It's awful, but I love it. So I used to drive out, like, 40 minutes to, like, go see a friend of mine all the time. And I'd go past all these mountains in Auckland, all these little, like, little mountains. I'm like, what's that? What is that mountain? And I was like, you need an app that's going to tell you about the mountains, tell you about your surroundings. And it's called Name That Mountain. And it has all the info on all the mountains. Mm. But you don't just read the information because you forget about the mountain when you get home. You need to know right then and there. Mm. So it's a push notification that plays a really loud alarm sound, like quite jarring. And then a Siri-esque voice just starts reading you real loud all the information about the mountain near you. Like, wah, this is Evie Mountain. It's the best mountain. And here's all the reasons why you should go to this mountain. In 1894, this mountain was blah, 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 blah. And now you know everything about this mountain. And you can't turn off the push notifications. Once it's talking, you can't turn it down.
0: Uh, I see one inherent issue with this.
1: Go on, yeah. Interested.
0: If you live in Auckland or Wellington... There are a lot of mountains.
1: Yeah, but I don't know enough about all these mountains. That's what I'm saying. (laughs)
0: Like, at any given moment, (laughs) you could have, like, three notifications. You drive through central Auckland. It's like, Mount Mangere, right? You've got One Tree Hill, which I forget the name of that mountain. So maybe this app has some uses right there. You've got a few mountains on one commute. I feel like I'd be overwhelmed with mountain information.
1: Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool to get to work and go, Hey guys, do you want to hear about all the mountains I saw on my way to work today?
0: Do you feel like that would be You feel like it would be like really You don't think they would I mean no cool? I'm just you know what, you might have something there. It just needs some refining. Thank you. You
1: <laughs> I appreciate your support. <laughs> yeah, I'm supporting you. That's what I'm
0: doing right now. i I'm, 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 I'm in I'm in support.
1: We're going to get into something a little more serious now, which is endometriosis or endo. Um, Endo is an inflammatory disease where tissue similar to the lining of the endometrium is found in places outside of the uterus. It's estimated that one in 10 people assigned female at birth have the condition. So if you don't have it, chances are you know somebody who does. Um, Endo as a condition, it comes with a raft of really nasty symptoms, including really intense pain and Symptoms that include trouble falling pregnant and infertility. Um, I caught up with Charlie to chat about her series on RNZ called Deadline. And just a wee warning, uh, we discuss a few uh, sensitive topics like pain and, again, um, infertility. Could you just give me an overall rundown on Deadline and what it is?
2: Uh, So the Deadline is about endometriosis and its effect on women, but in particular focusing on the effect on planning for parenthood.
1: So what inspired you to start this project and share your own quite personal story?
2: I was diagnosed with endometriosis three years ago, and I hadn't really thought about it much because I'd been living pain-free. But then when I was getting closer to 30, which was an age I was told I should start trying for children, Um, a lot of those feelings around nervousness and not knowing what this means for my future and around what this means for me, becoming a mother, really sort of came bubbling to the surface Uh, and it's isolating. Uh, But knowing that one in 10 women also have endometriosis, I was thinking, well, maybe other women feel like this and we don't really talk about it. So I started looking into the idea of covering this as a subject um, and I was really overwhelmed by other women who also had stories. And felt like me being vulnerable about it meant that other people felt like they could talk about it, which is kind of how it just snowballed the project.
1: One thing, there's a few different people you've spoken to and interviewed for Deadline. And I did notice this really common theme of late diagnosis or misdiagnosis. And then in your case, even being told that the pain was either your fault or an STI, Um, which when I was reading it, I was like, that's quite outrageous. But as a woman, I think a lot of us have experienced that. Do you have any thoughts on why this late diagnosis, this misdiagnosis is so common for endometriosis?
2: I think a big part of it is just that health professionals aren't fully aware. And there's like a huge range of different symptoms that people have. Like I felt like a hypochondriac because of like, I've got all these symptoms and I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, and it wasn't until after my diagnosis I started piecing them all together being like hang on a second these are all endometriosis um, symptoms so I think a big part is a lack of understanding and I think there's just a lot of misconceptions like so many times when I went to the doctors I was told that having pain with your periods is normal and I feel like that's just really fobbed off and it's it's not right like interestingly doing this um doing one of these interviews, someone said to me afterwards, like, oh, I had no idea that isn't normal. And so it's just sort of really ingrained in our society that women are supposed to have really painful periods and the, and that whole SDI thing, like, I, it was looking back now, I'm like, it's so outrageous that a medical professional was like, well, maybe your husband's cheating on you. I was genuinely
1: (laughs) shocked when I read that bit. I was like, that would have sent me into the most insane spiral. Like I can't, how did that Uh, conversation go with your husband after that appointment? If you don't mind me asking.
2: I went to my husband after that and said, well, according to the doctor, you might be cheating on me. And we kind of had a bit of a laugh about it. At the time, it was also really upsetting because I covered it in um, I covered it in the piece as well, and this was something that I was arguing about whether I wanted to include because it was really vulnerable. Um, but it's a symptom of endometriosis is, is that it's painful being intimate with your partner, and so obviously we had that issue going on. And then when you go to a health professional asking for help, they're like, "Well, maybe on top of that." that's probably making you feel you know pretty stink uh your husband might be cheating on you so that was like a huge emotional toll on me and I remember I went back in to get the results um and I didn't want to get the check but I felt like I had to rule it out um so that they would perhaps pass me into a specialist and they said, oh, we got that STI check you asked for. And I was like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't want to have an STI check. I felt like I had to. And they're like, oh, I came back negative. And then they still wouldn't pass me on to a specialist. And it was only really by chance that I went to go see a doctor about antibiotics and my husband was with me and sort of gave me a bit of a prod and said, hey, Charlie's got these other symptoms as well. That I actually did speak to a doctor about it again and they actually believed me. And I was really lucky that, happened because I think if we, I didn't have that conversation, I'd probably still be living in a lot of pain.
1: What's the response to the deadline been so far?
2: Well, I was, I was really genuinely quite scared of what the response would be just for putting myself out there. And also I just felt really protective of the other women who have been really vulnerable to share their story, but I've been absolutely overwhelmed by a big part of it, the stories that have been coming out. I, I must have received at least a hundred stories from women with um, their own experiences with endometriosis, but with other conditions as well where they weren't listened to, for example, polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, Someone else spoke to me about having a low thyroid and that affected their fertility, but also men as well. Like partners being like, hey, my partner has endometriosis and it felt really awesome, like knowing that it's being spoken about and and talking about that impact on relationships as well. Um, And I even received a poem today, which was beautiful (laughs) it's amazing I've just been really overwhelmed by the amount of people who are talking and the amount of people giving me feedback saying like oh I'm uh I'm a third year midwife midwifery student and I'm sharing this amongst our class so that you know everyone's better educated about that all that kind of stuff getting that conversation going has been really overwhelming and that was the whole reason why we wanted to do this project so it's been really validating to see just how people are responding to it
1: I truly think it's an amazing series and it's been really moving and really important because I do think you're right there is a lack of education I remember in high school watching friends of mine throwing up from period pain and then being told like oh you know just have a neurofin Mm -hmm. and so I think just having these stories out there and the education out there is going to help younger people hopefully seek that diagnosis sooner and alleviate some of the physical and emotional pain that comes with having endometriosis
2: absolutely and you know like saying people throwing up from their periods is not normal but they'll probably be told that it is is yeah just that i don't know giving people that power to feel like they can advocate for themselves as well and seek a second opinion a third opinion and actually on average for women with endometriosis a fifth opinion
1: you can check out the deadline on rnz.co.nz slash the deadline um if you just type in the deadline to google it'll pop up I highly recommend checking it out she speaks to a lot of really interesting women about their experiences and it kind of um it's it's quite heavy but it did open my eyes to um how women can and sometimes are treated by the health system in general and yeah just I don't know got my brain ticking and she was great to talk to.
0: That was news and this is new music. We're getting into our featured artists on the website this week. Tell me more about this very interesting band.
1: This is such an EV band yeah, to like bring 100%. to the conversation, but King Ketchup, our Tamaki Makoto band, who I love. They're like punky, post punky. I don't know, they're great, but they wear like red jumpsuits. Everything's about ketchup. They've got a really great new song and new video called Gun Metal Grey, um, which is about one of them was um, burglarized, and one of their instruments was stolen, so they made a song and video about it. It's great. It's a banger. It's it's fun. It's high energy.
0: Wait, so the story... Because I watched the music video. The story is... A, the music video story is about the band having an instrument stolen. Yeah. And the music video is somebody bringing a progressively larger bottle of ketchup. Yeah. I watched... You know what? <laughs> I watched the dude in that music video drink a teacup of ketchup through a stocking.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It was it, <laughs> awesome as <is> a word. <laughs> it was awesome. If you are interested in that or even just kind of like intrigued by it, uh the music video is up on our website, tahi.fm. Fm. Do check it out. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it actually it actually is. It's something different. I, I kind of enjoyed too that uh, the the sound that they're producing was almost electric in a, in a lot of ways. Mm. I really did enjoy the production and the music video was some fun to watch. So shout out to King catch up. Um, but yeah, as you, as you mentioned, we do feature music videos on our website uh, and that is, Something that we really want you to be aware of is that if you are a local artist here in Aotearoa uh, and you have a music video coming out that you're really proud of and you want to celebrate and have everywhere, hit us up. We will feature this on our website. Uh, You can email us uh, to get in touch with us and talk to us a little bit more about the music video uh, and about having it featured on the website at tunes at... Tahi.fm. Shoot us an email. Uh, let's it all. Let's get it up because we love new music. We love celebrating our local talents. And um, I'm sure we'll love your music video too.
1: Uh, last week in Wellington, Scorching Bay specifically, there was a bull on the loose, uh, an unknown bull running around.
0: The animal. The animal. The, the, animal, uh, a, the bull. Like, yeah, we're not saying like, we're trying to really state here that there was a large animal. On the loose.
1: We were really hoping that the story would develop over the weekend and we'd have some interesting clips of, like, a cow at a kid's birthday party or something like that. Unfortunately or fortunately, uh, the cow owner just came and got the cow and took it back where it was supposed to go, and that was that. Uh, Which was unfortunate because I was really excited to report on a loose cow.
0: Yeah, there's uh, something really special about, like, do you remember a couple of years ago, the video of the police chasing the goats. Yes! And they were like chasing them down the motorway. There's something, there's something unique about watching people chase animals. It just fills my heart with joy. But something that we did find through the research of the story was that we all have vastly different opinions on the size of animal we think we could beat in a fist fight. Now, mm. I think we all came to the clear decision that probably couldn't beat a bull. No. Yeah.
1: No, I'm yeah. not standing a chance. I'm not doing... No.
0: We had a bull back in Samoa at our plantation in Potimia. Um, I forget the bull's name. Auntie Lenny will know. It was huge and it was old, and we loved that bull so much. But you, if that bull like decided to have a nap on the driveway, we just couldn't go home. <laughs> like, it was just like you can't, I can't go home now. Like I don't want to wake the bull. The bull is not a happy person. I don't think I could beat a bull in a fist fight. But in terms of animals, I do think I could beat in a fist fight. I'm I'm starting off high here i hundred percent think that I would have a fear even fight with a horse a horse yeah because see I don't want to go small um you don't want
1: to undersell
0: yeah but I feel like a horse would be like like both like if I got into a fist fight with a horse like we're both walking away from that like We're both walking away a little damaged, you know?
1: I could not beat a horse in a fist fight. Have you ever looked into the eyes of a horse? Sorry to all horse girls out there right now, but I have never looked in the eyes of a horse and been like, ah, yes, trustworthy. No, they're going to turn on me. It's going to do something crazy that I'm not expecting. I don't know. And it's also huge. I think, honestly, the largest animal I could take in a fist fight is just, like, a larger domestic cat.
0: I feel like you could go bigger than that. I feel like there's a bird out there that you could probably...
1: Maybe like two swans, one swan. One swan? One swan. Okay, two swans if they're not angry, one swan if it's angry.
0: I feel like I could take or on... Or a goose. A... I feel like I could take on a couple birds, to be honest with you. But birds do scare me. I do just want to throw this out there, too, while we have this discussion. Um, don't try fighting animals. Oh, yeah, don't... Yeah, don't...
1: Don't, don't do, do that. that.
0: Like, it's like, like just, we just, just think about it. Just think about, like... Hmm. I could beat that horse on a flight. But don't actually punch a horse. I used to think genuinely, I used to think I could beat a giraffe like, but it would have to there's problems there because it like required the giraffe leaning down Mm. and I feel like if a giraffe did want to fight he probably wouldn't make it easy for me I always like the idea of fighting kangaroos because back in the day there was a real thing where people in Australia used to go box kangaroos like it was an actual sport but I watched a couple videos of kangaroos and those things are jacked to the tits.
1: I think you could take down a kangaroo that hadn't been working out because I have seen that picture of that jacked ass yeah, kangaroo ja- like, that scares the shit out of me like but a, I think that guy's like brother but not him you could take down that kangaroo like a baby kangaroo not like a like a teenage kangaroo maybe teenage kangaroo I couldn't take down a kangaroo I couldn't even take down a joey I I yeah I feel
0: like I feel like a horse I'm feeling like I'm not saying that I would 100% beat the horse but I feel like it's a fair fair challenge you like you know? wouldn't
1: die and the horse wouldn't die but you'd both be going home with a yeah card. i
0: feel like we're both going away from that going like hey you know it was a fair fight you know i'm good just game, i, I respect him for getting out there putting his heart in the ring do you what if i fought a horse would it have to be in a field or could it be in a ring i feel like this changes the dynamic
1: well this is how i feel as well though because it's like fighting a whale in the water Not going to win. But once they're on my land, you can't even move. Mm. Find me on land, whale. Mm. Let's go. See, now I'm saying I could fight a whale because it's on my turf.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of rules to how this would operate. <laughs> like it's like, like yeah, I could beat him if he was like limping. I like, could beat him if he was like, just like a, he was a day sleep. off dying. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, genuinely, what is the largest animal you think you could beat in a fist fight? One ounce, gee, you're like, yo, I'll meet you at the park, three p.m. What's mm. the largest animal you think you could like toast up? Um, no over. Wins. No weapons. Beard knuckle brawling, my G. Head of it, it's Tahi's Instagram story. We're going to put a poll up. What is the biggest animal you can beat in a fist fight? I'm genuinely curious.
1: Post COVID, especially in time of Himikoto, there's been so many gigs, like international gigs. We've had all these big names here, all these local gigs. I've been so lucky. I got to see Fontaine's DC in January. Then I saw my chemical romance, which everyone has heard everyone. Um, in great detail about. This day of my life. And I got to see Black Midi at the Hollywood Avondale. Who's Black Midi? Black Midi are a progressive, experimental, math, rock, post-hardcore, avant-metal jazz band. I really like them. They're from the UK. And they went to the same school as Adele.
0: Hold on. We're not breezing over that. We're We're not... How are you just acting like you didn't just say a whole sentence for their music genre?
1: Well, it's... Say it. Say it three times fast. Experimental math rock, progressive, post hardcore avant jazz metal. Experimental math rock, progressive, post hardcore jazz avant metal jazz avant. Yeah. Progressive.
0: That's what I thought. Math. Is it actually does that? Like, is that? Did is their music so unique that they had to come up with a new genre?
1: Honestly, it's pretty. It's it's. It's unique. Yeah, it is it is unique. I think it's more just like they're just mashing stuff together, but if you go on Wikipedia, that's like the legitimate genre really? tag. Really? Yeah, like literally that's what that's what it all is. Black MIDI. And it was awesome. They just played for two hours straight, no break, like huge sound. Just sat there and um You've never heard of uh, this genre before? No.
0: When I, I will say though, when I googled black media, it just came up with uh, mid length dresses. Yeah, that's been yeah, an issue for really me. That's as a well. bit of an issue. Yeah. But I, um, I'm curious too about there's a sentence there you said math rock. Mm. What is is math rock like a previously instated music genre? Like people have done math rock before, or is this like oh my God. this kind of sounds like kids' Spot, where it's oh like my God.
1: two plus two is four. Thank like, you so much for asking about math rock have you heard of a band called Tool
0: yes yeah Tool, Tool
1: does math rock
0: it doesn't help so, me understand what math rock is do you know
1: the song The Pot by Tool you must have been dun, 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 dun. Yes. hi so that is all put together by different math equations that they figure out when the sound should hit so even the vocals are like figured out in like some sort of mathematical equation to put a song together math rock is more about like how you make the song rather than, like, what the song is. Because there's math rock bands like Minus the Bear where it's quite, like, poppy, indie. But it's still math rock because they did a bunch of math. And I'm terrible at math. I can't count past 100. And I don't know my times tables. But I love math rock.
0: So it's like Rain Man? I <laughs> It's like Rain Man, Rain Man? Rain Man means rock music?
1: Yeah, sure. Math rock. Math. I mean, you could do, like, math anything, but, like... Do you know what was funny about this Black Mini thing, the um, post hardcore progressive um, experimental avant jazz metal? Um, they had three sellout shows, and really? they had to add more. And even on the night, there's like people waiting outside trying to get in. This very niche genre, hugely popular.
0: So, has anyone else ever done this genre before?
1: Eh, probably.
0: Probably try, but nobody does I just, it. Probably somewhere, I
1: haven't figured them out yet.
0: Quite like Black Midi.
1: Nothing quite like Black Midi. I'm
0: going to see if you still remember that music genre in a week's time.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. Do you think you would? Mm, 50-50, Not feeling man. confident, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel super confident.
0: Um, Over the weekend, you may have seen on the Tahi Instagram story, we had a news... Article uh, written by Charlotte Cook, right?
1: Yeah, Charlotte Cook from Wellington.
0: Uh, Here and Loathing's presenter. Here and Loathing is a podcast?
1: Here and Loathing is one of the first podcasts we ever did on Tahi, and it's Charlotte Cook talking about. Um, Her body hair, experience with body hair. She even gets her wax and, like, records it. And I shouldn't oh, laugh because it's, like, it's actually this really cool moment on the show. But, like, it just cracks me up to think she was getting it. And there's just, like, someone there with, like, a Podcasting. boom mic. Oh. But um, we were resharing it because uh, Rachel McAdams of Mean Girls, The Notebook, and every other awesome movie fame... Uh, posed for a pictorial, a pictorial, a pictorial, a pictorial uh, where she had her armpit here on display, and she specifically asked, "Don't edit it out, show it off." And people lost their freaking minds. All these comments were like, "I'm having nightmares about it. It's disgusting. It's horrible." Having nightmares. It's, yes, what, this guy was like, "I'm gonna <laughs> have nightmares for weeks." It's like, <laughs> about what? Like at the end of the day. Uh, we're having a wah-wah about a woman having armpit ear and it's just like give me a break but instead of me getting into it, listen to an actual journalist Charlotte Cook get into it on Hair and Loathing it's on Tahi, Spotify, Apple Music all of that, Uh, highly recommended listen, really really good, definitely check that out
0: uh, just want to make a very special shout out to somebody who I've really admired and looked up to as a kid, my dad, and I think a lot of Samoans just like loved boxing. My dad did boxing when he was a kid back in Samoa, and it always became like a special thing in our household, and David Tua, uh, one of the greats, was one of those Samoan boxers out there who I think was really inspiring, and not only was he inspiring through just what he was doing with his career in boxing, but uh, post-boxing, he's done so much in the community for young people, especially young Pasifika people. He really is a true inspiration and um, wonderful news that over the weekend, David Tua was inducted into the National Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, national being the United States of America over in Los Angeles, California. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame. But, but um, Wonderful to see. He is the first Samoan ever to be inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame, which is wow. a massive achievement. Um, and I'm glad he's getting his flowers because he well and truly deserves that. I feel like he is such an amazing person, both inside the ring and outside the ring, um, and I'm glad to see him being recognized that for that. So, um, congratulations, David, too, an inspiration to many young Basfika people around um, around the world. Woo! Welcoming to the Tahi couch, we have the illustrious Liam.
2: Liam. Yay.
0: Yay.
3: Yay.
2: It's
0: times like this where I wish we had an audience to. To clap. clap and cheer <laughs> for you coming on to the show. Yeah, um, you pulled me out of my cave. Yeah, we did. And we're very yeah. grateful that <laughs> you came and joined us, all right? Um, uh, let's talk about Friday. Uh, Friday afternoon, we went along to Spark Arena to interview who? Wallace. Wallace. The Tell cutest, me a bit
3: about Wallace. The cutest person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, she's stunning. Yeah, she, she's cool. We had a little chat. Um, we got all like the typical, like, what kind of music do you make vibe out of the way, and then... <laughs> Um, we talked about our favourite Glee performances. Yeah, you both were big <laughs> Glee fans. That was, I forgot about
0: Glee. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, we, I, I loved Glee. Mm. My favourite TV show ever for, you know, it, it's, it, I mean, when you look at who I am now, quite <laughs> telling that that show shaped me as a person. Whether or not that's a good thing is to be determined. Mm. But, um, yeah, Wallace was cute. We had some good chats. Um, in a staircase.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. We were like trying to find a cool place to film, and all of the like green rooms are kind of.
3: All the green rooms are really ugly, but I remember I went and talked to Yana um, about it, mm. and she said that when she was dressing the green rooms for Madonna's concert, they had to make the green rooms look like Madonna's in New York City apartment.
0: Really? Oh, <laughs> by the way, um, for the record, Yana is from Music 101. Yes. Um, she's one of the presenters over there. She she decorated the yeah, green rooms for Madonna. She dress those green rooms. Oh, well, they definitely haven't been dressed since. What well, I mean, <laughs> they they, they look, could use it. Yeah. But, you know,
3: you live in your learn. The 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 setting was cool.
0: Um and we're going to have that full interview with Wallace available for you on Thursday on the show, but uh Wallace was actually one of the opening acts for 1975. She was. Um tell me about that concert because you wrote a review for it. I did. Um
3: Oh, where do I start? <laughs> where do I start with the 1975? Um, Listen, it was a weird concept. They kind of, like, I read some stuff about the tour before going, so I kind of knew what I was getting into because I've seen them live, like, five or six times. Mm-hmm. So this was, like, not my first rodeo, but I knew that, like, in America, Matty Healy was, like, eating legs of, like, beef on stage that, like, weren't cooked, oh. and he was, like, doing this weird performance art thing. Which I just found real strange, yeah, but I was I did some reading, and they the show is like a show inside of a show. If that makes sense, it's okay. like it's like a theater show inside of a concert that is being presented to people.
1: It's all very meta.
3: it's yeah, yeah very meta yeah, and they were um it's it was really strange <laughs> um that he um although midway through the show he um did this big apology for this these um remarks he made on a podcast which I shall not mention mm. um, but at the end of it he apologized to Ice Spice
1: what are, did he do to ice spice he, he said there. some pretty
3: yeah pretty gross shit about ice spice and then the whole crowd was like ha ah, so funny and i was sitting there and i was like no he was really racist yeah. <laughs> not about ice Spice. <laughs> not yeah.
1: about how you
3: know.
0: did, did how did you feel about the apology? Did you, like... Because those racial remarks that they made, like, how did you feel about hearing that? I wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) I was not
3: listening to that apology because as Mm. soon as he started talking, he basically, like, opened a group therapy session with, like, 12,000 people. And I was like, I'm not going to engage in that. I'm going to stand here and sit on my phone and message all my friends and say, he's saying some stuff on stage and I'm not listening. Mm. Um, I did record it.
1: (laughs) I have a question. Yeah. So... Is him being drunk, quote-unquote drunk, a bit? Or yeah. Is, so is he like, oh, I'm pretending to be drunk? Or if he, he's like drunk, but he's like, oh, it's fake.
3: No, allegedly it's a bit. And I say allegedly, like, real heavy on that word because it, he's just really good at it. So, like, I, at point, I was like, what are you doing? Um, but no, he, like, comes out on stage and, like, with a bottle of wine. Which I went and interviewed some fans who were lining up for the concert and um, one of them told me <laughs> that the bottle was filled with electrolytes. I don't know. <laughs> <And> I was <laughs> like, I don't know about all of that. I'm know pretty know sure that's... Like, it was a local bottle of wine. Oh, yeah, that's not filled electrolytes. I was like, that is, that, that's full of, of Pinot Noir. <laughs> that's not electrolytes. Um, but he comes out with an empty flask, so as to add to the bit. Um, wow. I don't know how I feel about that bit. He break, breaks character, quote-unquote, halfway through the concert, and it, then it gets fun, and then I had my little woo moments because they mm. played, like, a bunch of old songs that I used to really like. But they're a band that I have, like, a bit of an internal conflict with because they have done some stuff in the past, but I did grow up with them. Mm, mm. And they did, like... I have tattoos for them. It's one of those... Shouldn't be admitting that out loud, but I
0: do, and I just did. It's <laughs> one of those difficult things, I think, too, is, like, when you grow up with a band and things change and they grow and separating the art from the artist can be... you
3: know, Yeah, it's, a it's tough an thing. interesting topic, but... Mm. um. I don't know.
1: As a my as a my Chemical Romance fan, I've never had that problem. They're all super nice. Yeah, no issues with any of them. Lovely guys. They, the nineteen seventy five were
3: great until about twenty sixteen, and then I just started tuning out. Genuinely, oh,
1: yeah. I I was saying this to the other day, and but I don't think I could name a nineteen seventy five song. Like I don't think I've actually listened to one all the way through. Sorry, sorry. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm not going to say anything because my little sisters were at the concert and they were having <laughs> a blast. and we, when we went to do the Wallace interview I was looking at the queue and I said yeah this looks like some of my little sisters would be at yeah. <laughs> like immediately yeah and they were there but um, yeah. I'm looking forward to that Wallace interview um, and that review that you wrote for 1975 is available where? On the RNZ website. Wonderful. That's a great little review. Uh, And you're going to be able to have the opportunity to check out Liam's interview with Wallace, which will be on Thursday when we come back for the show. But um, hey, public holiday. Public holiday. A day of commemoration and remembrance. Anzac Day, uh, Tuesday the 25th. Um, We'll be back Thursday. Don't you worry. Until we see you then, we say, so far, so before, and...
1: Cock